0: This is Ross Coulthard and you are listening to That UFO Podcast.
1: Hi everyone and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. Seems like it's been a long time but joining me for a breaking news podcast, uh, news broken the last kind
0: of day or so depending on when you're listening to this, I have Dan. Dan, welcome. Hi, hi. It's uh, yeah. It's been an exciting few days. i um, great headlines some great forward momentum and and it's good to be here talking about it and you're right it has been a little while um it i've has. been up on catalina island and i'm now in death valley and it's like 45 degrees here which is about 120 for those in america it's ridiculous
1: <laughs> i've been in the sitting room in the shed i've been upstairs uh and just today i've done like a seven hour spin class for charity uh so thank you to anyone who donated to that on the uh listeners ama there'll be a little shout out for a listener who donated a prize to it which is very much appreciated uh from him as well so i'll, I'll do that on the ama though this one is all about the big news coming out of america dan and of course that is that inter miami have announced the signing of lino messi just as we speak <laughs> um,
0: no, but, i was trying but to run have, my brain for something like that yeah.
1: <laughs> but they have they have uh, literally moments ago um but aside from that uh something else that's out of this world, so to speak, is that we have finally got a confirmed date for public UA... And I'm going to go with UFO. I keep having the conversation in my head of UAP hearings, UFO. I think I want to go back to seeing UFO more.
0: It's what we that's, mean when we say UAP, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, and, and we still mean aliens, let's be fair. Yeah, um, UAP is just the official term, and they can have that, but let's use the common parlance. UFO. Unless it's
1: unless it's Graham Rendell, in which case UFO does <laughs> not mean aliens. Hell, hi to Graham. Um, but yeah, so UFO hearings happening on the 26th of July. They are public hearings. As of yet, I think we're correct, Dan, and we'll sure get pulled up quickly. There's no time for the hearings just yet. Um So when that becomes available, you will see that everywhere online. We'll all post it and retweet it and everything else as well. But yeah, right now, we don't even have that. Um, I think it's been quite out of the blue. What's really interesting, and there's a lot of people speculated for some time, you know, that hearings are coming, hearings are coming, but it's been been months and months and months. And a broken clock is right twice a day. And that's not to have any digs at people. (laughs) But I'm sure there's been a lot happening in the background. Let me just say that a very prominent pilot messaged me on Twitter today asking where I had seen the hearings had been confirmed. This is someone I expected would have known before me. And that's not, haha, I knew before them. I knew because all of Twitter was posting about it. I didn't get a heads up on this. So I think it just goes to show that
0: these things probably happened pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd say that's true. You know, it's not, I checked the schedule just before coming online because you can see the hearings that are listed and there's nothing listed for the 26th yet. I think sometimes what happens is an official will say it's happening on this date to try and push the person to schedule it and get it going. Um, so I think there's some eagerness there. Tim Burchett has said that if the hearings don't go ahead, that he will make sure they happen on his lawn because there's a little a recess after, you, you know, the end of this month. But I really hope that doesn't happen because, you know, we, we've seen what those kind of press conferences look like and the amount of interest they don't generate. Um, a hearing in the House uh, with listed witnesses that's available on C-SPAN for the public to watch um, is much more effective. C-SPAN is, is a US
1: channel, and yeah. I imagine will the hearings also likely be on YouTube, do you think? And if, if they're not officially, they'll be certainly broadcast by everyone else's YouTube channel on uh, on twitter and whatnot and people will have links to it as well so that's all
0: the information we've got so far you mentioned one, one um, extra bit um go. just that uh exclusive we're gonna be getting, exclusive from that here go on <laughs> we're going to be getting a witness list about a week before these hearings happen so yeah. we'll be able to see who's I've got be that there. in my notes that um, yeah, jumping the, ahead the one thing i was just going to add is that um some of the witnesses they wanted to come in have been denied because they kind of didn't pass the sniff test you you know for whatever reason it didn't pan out um but to me that's a that's a really nice sign that this filter process is kind of working it's separating the wheat from the chaff but i would like to some transparency around who was asked to come in that didn't pass those checks
1: i thought when you said sniff test you were making a pun about the cocaine being found in the white house <laughs> um and i thought some listeners <laughs> listen might be that and some people wouldn't um and listen here that's their business you mentioned uh, Tim Burchett, 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 why am I now a blank? Yeah, Tim B, uh, no, Congressman Tim Burchett is going to be on the podcast in a few days. That's been rescheduled twice, uh, once due to a scheduling issue on his end two weeks ago. Last week for the rescheduled one, um, he had the vote came up, which was literally this this voting, which then ran over massively and he wasn't able to come on. But they're very keen to get it done. So I think it's been quite timely, though, that it's came out. Well, we know there's going to be the the hearing. So I think that's pretty good timing to speak to, to Congressman Timbershet about that. He'll be co-chairing the hearing with uh, Representative Anna Paulina Luna. Um, that is a uh, congresswoman I am unfamiliar with, um, but she seems to, again, folks, just to clarify, I get they have politics that not everyone will agree with and that's not something i follow particularly closely we're talking about their ufo stuff okay so i get they may have policies or ideas
0: that are you know against what you think but it's a ufo podcast not a politics yeah, podcast. just to say to your credit we've had conversations about those politics kind of behind the scenes and and we're staying focused on a public front um and supporting the ufo stuff um so yeah please don't think anyone that we're just being kind of completely ignorant and we're, we're only talking about that- his ufo stuff
1: yeah, I'm open. I'm Scottish. We hate everyone. So yeah, there you go. That's that's the dominoes. <laughs> scots, they ruin in yeah. Scotland. <laughs> Absolutely. Um and yeah, so that'll be you mentioned Dan. We'll find out roughly in a week who will be speaking. Um I'll just read a little quote here from the website Doom to Doom da, Doom, Askapol.com. The link to the article which broke where well, that has the audio of Representative Luna confirming this all as well will be in the link for the show. But yeah, askapol.com it had this quote. Um so I open quote, I promise you guys won't be disappointed, Luna says. And even as they have had to reshuffle their desired witness list, they're still promising an all star lineup. It'll be superstars, Burchette says. July 26th, the last week Congress is in session before lawmakers are scheduled to leave Washington for the entire month of August. One week or another, Burchette says they're holding the hearing. If they don't give us a hearing like we want, I'll just do a field hearing and do it myself, Burchette tells Askapal. I'll do it in my front yard, blah, 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 as Dan, as Dan mentioned. So they're saying these are going to be big names. What I don't think, and this is pure speculation because no one knows the list at the moment. I don't think we're getting um Corey Good, Bob Lazar, Stephen Greer. That's not going to be the the UFO or the ufologists that maybe are are going to be coming on. Dan, just to speculate, I think we're going to see some some pilots probably coming on that we've not heard from before. Um, I, I mean, a, a dream swing for the fences would be someone who has worked on a craft which they can say what they were told was non-human intelligence or of non-human origin something like that would be fantastic um i'll be really honest just thinking out loud i think if it turned out a load of pilots again it'd be mildly disappointing that great they've came forward but it it feels like we need something more so that it's not just another that was great we've heard some more testimony I'd, I'd like to hear from some folks in positions that you go, ah,
0: this will be interesting to hear from first. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's true. It's the, it's the word superstars that has me concerned there. Like, are they superstars in terms of what they're going to be bringing to the table or superstars in terms of how we know them? Are they, you, you are, would presume the letters, it's so presume be, right? is what they bring. I'm almost certain yeah. he means what they bring. I would, <clears> hope, I, so. would, I would hope so. Um, and, you know, I could see maybe Robert Salas being there, but one person for sure that I would expect there would be David Grush. Giving his testimony, um, under oath, in the House, live on television for the American public to see and hear. Um, that kind of conversation would be, it would just be stellar. But I, I want, or I'd like, I should say, uh, some direct witnesses to these legacy programs to start coming forward. And whether this happens in the House hearings now, or whether it happens in the Senate hearings later, it doesn't really matter. This is gonna snowball now. This is getting, you know, a little, a little crazy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't think we're going to be hearing from a Lou Elizondo, a Gary Nolan, a Chris Mellon. I don't think we're going to hear from these folks uh, involved. Uh, I saw and, and Alex, let's Alex Dietrich. Patrick away. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think we need to hear from him. He, he doesn't add anything at this point to this. Um, Alex Dietrich, again, fantastic pilot and guest of many shows, including international news pieces over the last year or two. Um, she tweeted earlier kind of funnily that she hadn't been contacted yet. But if she was going to be contacted, could they do it quick? Because like she pointed out, she has a life and kids camps and stuff to organize, which I can totally, totally relate to. Um, these things don't always happen at our own in our own schedules. Now, um, regarding the list of folks, I also understand completely why they're keeping that close to their chest as long as possible, because we're hearing and I think this is just what we expect, that there are still lots of issues and pushback happening for anyone who does want to come forward with this kind of stuff. And th- this is where I-, I get a little frustrated and annoyed at some of the bigger influencers on social media or commentators or whoever it may be when they say M-mames. that's it. Yeah, no, God, it. Ha, <laughs> no. um, the-, the dams burst. This is it. We have disclosure that it's all coming out now. And it's like, no, it's not because just my opinion. And I think others, some others share this opinion too. I'm always trying to be careful how I word this, but There are some very long-standing, powerful people and entities and groups behind this cover-up and ongoing cover-up that they don't want this happening and they will manufacture it as best they can that it's very difficult for people to come forward. People have careers, people have families, people have lives. People might just not want to do it. And those threats are all very real as to how, and regardless whether me and you and everyone else wants them to, i i get why they must struggle to do it um so i commend anyone agree. that comes forward anyone at all because it's it's pretty nerve-wracking thing to to do and i imagine the whispers in each other's ears are going to be incredible as well
0: yeah absolutely you you know we we heard recently um through the grapevine that you know there was someone who was interested and they received a package that just had their like home address pictures of their family, so on and mm. so forth kind of included that's kind of terrifying. We, we can all sit here and kind of say, yeah, if we were in this position, we would just swing for the fences and give all the information out. But the fact is if you, if you have a family that you love or anyone in your life, you care about they their pressure points that anyone that doesn't want this information out can push on really easily to stop you doing so. Um, so that's why this legislation is so important because it gives them a safety net to, to not worry when they see these things happening. Um, you know, Probably in five years, we'll have a series like Breaking Bad called, I don't know, Bre- Breaking Arrow or something. And it'll be oh, about, uh, what, what would you call it? Uh, bro- bro-
1: Broken Arrow, and it would be Christian Slater coming to play Dr. Sean yes. Kirkpatrick. Okay,
0: sure. Um, good, good workshop. It's one for the older um, kids listening. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you'll, you'll probably have, you know, something about the pressures of just even having this information. It, it would be terrifying to hold. And imagine that you'd signed an agreement saying that you'd never say anything. It, it makes it doubly so. Yeah. Um,
1: I think we're in for an interesting time. I had put on a a, a gif or a jiff, whatever you want to call it, of... Uh, a just let's buckle up type thing and I saw someone had commented and they were like oh that says the guy who says not to hype these things and I went I'm not saying let's buckle up in terms of we're about to get disclosure but I can just see the next couple of weeks being a little bit rough on the social media side of things with yeah. all kinds of rumor conjecture trolling and naysaying and lots of overly positive people and everything in between just going through the roof because you know we're leading to something now this is this is the kids build up to christmas and their behavior is going to go wild and i include myself in that and i'm you know trying to temper expectations but i've kept pointing to again i'll say chris mellon who is still urging caution on this that just because these hearings happen doesn't mean that's it the disclosure the disclosure process is over and they're going to start wheeling out the craft and bodies because that's still could go back in the tube the genie can go back in the bottle the cat can go back in the bag any number of uh, you know analogies you want to use can we put the cat in the bottle yeah the cat could go in the bottle um (laughs) might be a bit of a tight squeeze right enough but um yeah it's it's a funny one um dan i want to mention i don't know if this kind of ties in i think it does with the ndaa the national defense authorization act being signed this was for the fiscal year 2024 you know uh, which means next year's budget. Got signed off in some of the language in this, and this came out a couple of hours before the hearing. News got confirmed uh, was was pretty interesting, and I think well worth a discussion. So, part of the document, which is extremely long, uh, mentions disclosure of recovered technologies of unknown origin and biological evidence of non-human intelligence. Is that
0: phrase? Shipwreck? Yeah, Tim McMillan's articles of. Uh... It was it was devices of unknown origin. I remember us was talking about it and saying, like, this is a phrase that's going to come back. Tim is using this because he's heard it. He's not making it up. And here we are, like a variation of that exact phrase, technologies of unknown origin. It's a new thing in this legislation. T-U-O, more acronyms to learn. And yeah. non-human intelligence all over this legislation as well.
1: Yeah, it does what it says on the tin. There's no kind of messing about there. And listen, let's be fair. The language doesn't say that if you've got aliens, we're going to come and get it. I think it seems that they're covering the bases with the terminology I think we've got to the point where this language being included is a huge, you know, thumbs up Huge step forward. Um, just a couple of bits to read. The federal government shall exercise eminent domain, in other words, complete control, over any and all recovered technologies of unknown origin. That covers, and for me, if it stopped there, that covers Russia, Chinese drones, all that kind of stuff, okay, and biological evidence of non-human intelligence that may be controlled by private persons or entities in the interest of the public good. So that's a huge statement for me because it seems to be that first part, Yep, we could have had that in past years and speculated on it. It goes that step further now and basically says, you know, if you've got anything non-human, we can come and take it back off you. And by private persons or entities, you're looking at Lockheed Martin, Boeing, any, I mean, British Telecom. Let's just name one that, you know, uh, will not be involved in this whatsoever. But private organizations that may be involved in the past or present in the UFO cover up. I'm guessing, Dan, that reads to me like 25 years ago, the Air Force had some black budget program or, or someone within there. And they used a company to help them with crashed recoveries. You know, I'm guessing I'm um, in my head, soldiers all in black. Oh, I don't know if you've seen my mate text me last night. Loads of people are texting about this. And he said this reminds him of the start of Homecoming, Spider-Man when sure. Michael Keaton's company are doing their retrieval stuff of all the, the leftover alien tech in Manhattan. And the the is it S.H.I.E.L.D. come in? Or someone uh, comes in from the U.S. Is, government?
0: Oh, I forget their name. Uh,
1: but yeah, I know he... Shame mean. on you. Yeah, but those guys all come California. in and say, yeah, we're in charge of this now. And he's like, no, no, we've got a contract. And they're like, no, no, we're taking all this good material. And they come in and take it away. That's essentially what he said. And I, I thought that control. Damage control, yeah, there you go. But organization (laughs) comes and takes it all away because they've been given the mandate and power to do that.
0: Um, Absolutely. There's one caveat with eminent domain in that it only applies to US entities. So if any of these companies have holdings outside of the USA, they could just transfer the stuff there and it doesn't apply. It's a loophole, but this is, just to emphasize, legislation that's going to go through multiple variations going forward. Like you mentioned, Chris Chris Mellon has already spoken about this and he'll have recommendations and things will change and language will kind of change.
1: Quick side note, Dan, I think it's a good point to talk about this because we've not talked about it since. Ross Coulthard mentioning uh, with Jay from Project Unity, or of Project Unity, I should say, that there is, or he has heard from sources, let's get it correct, there is a UFO that was found that was so big they had to build a building over it and they couldn't recover it and move it because it was so big. And we've not talked about this. No, we haven't. It's all all very well and good. One thing, like you say, people in the U.S. will move this stuff out, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm sure they've got the, the means to do that. There will be stuff outside of the U.S., though, won't there? And do you think these sorts of organizations would have had wind of all of this well in advance of it happening? And before they were even told about, you know, having six months to move it, they'll have done that kind of stuff anyway. And, and rumour is that that building is outside the US anyway. So that's, I just, again, don't see why these big, powerful corporations who have been the head of a massive cover-up don't have the wherewithal and capability to keep it covered up, even with Congress kind of chasing their tail. Unfortunately, I'll add, that's,
0: that's unfortunate. No, I, I think you're exactly on the money there. And, and what we're seeing happening in this legislation, you know, it's getting so down to the minutiae now, You know, they're really kind of those loopholes are really hard to find now. You know, they're kind of specifying everything, they're setting up these independent review boards, they're making sure that this information gets passed through and declassified. If this passes, you know, Biden is going to almost touch UAP information on a weekly basis just to review it for release and things like that. So they're kind of squeezing them out of the system in the US. So the only way they're going to be able to survive is through these kind of foreign subsidiaries. Now, you know, that'll take a good lawyer, maybe a day in paperwork to, to switch the ownership of the company to a different country. But it also kind of leaves almost a, a paper trail, you know, a where you can play guess who. So if there's a building out there, that's in a really weird spot, it seems to be US government, there's no reason for them to have a base there, we can start kind of flagging these places and kind of going, ah, this is curious, there used to be an archaeological site here. And, and now it's a US government base, why would they take over that? You know, Oh, um, e- e, but
1: let me come back on that. But
0: sure, what if it was just a
1: massive library-looking building that had been built somewhere in Tanzania? and it doesn't say US government on it and no one even thinks to look there. It's just a building that has been nondescript and shut down for, for many, many years or, you yeah. know, for example, in the UK, we have telephone exchanges, sure. which are made to look deliberately nondescript. Here's some of my sure. day job coming in here. So people don't vandalize them. And so they're like up... in
0: petrol station signs and things like that, right? Like hidden.
1: Well, usually it's like, there, there's one near where I stay where it's just a, a nondescript looking concrete building on a corner with no windows but it's got a big mesh fence up the the bt open reach fans park there all the time kind of give it away but they're under lock and key they're pretty secure and again it keeps that kind of you know they're not advertised as such put it that way um can be old libraries stuff like that uh and they have all the technology for your local broadband and stuff so i don't see why these people can't be really clever and even then building over things. You know, we've seen in Graham Hancock's documentaries how nature kind of takes over and hills up here where there used to be kind of great monuments and whatnot uh, on ancient civilizations.
0: Um, But put it in Chernobyl in the sarcophagus, no one's going to look, you know? Yeah. yeah. I I guess that comes down to the, the paper trail. And Tim McMillan said something really interesting that basically this legislation looks to be squeezing out so many loopholes that the likely end of it is that some private company who is suspected to have these things, they're going to just say to the US government, fine, sue us then. We'll see you in court. Mm. And this will all shake out in court. You know, it's going to, if that does happen, I hope it's televised and things like that, but that would be a a very fitting and American way for this to go. Right.
1: The revolution will be televised as they say. Um, (laughs) Some of the language, again, part of this were actions of the review board, Dan. Um, so the review board shall carry, uh, shall consider and render decisions, number one, whether the material examined constitutes technologies of unknown origin or biological evidence of non-human intelligence beyond a reasonable doubt. That's, I mean, biological evidence is almost definitely alien bodies.
0: That's what we're looking at there. Yeah. Um, and, and whether you think alien is future humans or whatnot, we're just using the term loosely. Not as now no, that essentially. Not that. as we know. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Number two, whether recovered technologies of unknown origin, biological evidence of non-human intelligence, or a particular subset of material qualifies for postponement of disclosure under this title. That disclosure word came up a few times. And what changes, if any, to the current disposition of said material should the federal government make to facilitate full disclosure? Now, this isn't capital D disclosure, but I think what Chris Malam is getting at as well, there's nothing within all of this language which says, if we get any of this stuff, we're just going to come out and tell the American public about
0: it. Yeah, exactly. There's still structure there, right? Like it goes to the president ultimately to decide. One of the nice things about it is that it says basically, if they get So so we've got two things happening here. One is the review board being set up, which are nine individuals. They specify who these individuals have to be. Um, It's one current or former national security official, one current or former national foreign service official, one scientist or engineer, one economist, one professional historian, one sociologist, and the board, they want to be run by basically a a private citizen of high standing that's had no involvement with the subject since forever. And those people will be... A clearinghouse for UAP information that is automatically declassified after twenty-five years. They're prioritizing things that the public doesn't know about. They're to submit to the president a what they're calling a controlled disclosure campaign plan, which is sure to set some heads on fire. Um, I mean, this whole thing is referred to as the Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena Disclosure Act of twenty twenty three. That yeah. that needs to be on a banner and you know at the celebration party, hundred <laughs> um, percent. But. They, they have to review this and justify it every 30 days. So for example, if Biden says, if they say, oh, we're not sure about this, it seems to contain nuclear secrets, um, or have something to do with nuclear stuff, it'll go to Biden, then Biden will kind of agree or disagree. And if he agrees that it should be, you know, undisclosed, that it should stay classified, they every 30 days have to provide justifications for that what could happen in between those 30 days is something gets released that kind of loosens that justification. So when they Mm -hmm. get to that next justification, they might be like, Oh, well, we've already said this here. Therefore we can release this now. Um, It's, it's, you know, it's a snowball. And I love that they're emphasizing and prioritizing the things that we haven't seen yet. I I think we should get some real interesting disclosures here.
1: Absolutely. Uh, The debrief article, Dan, um, the Empire Strikes Back, would-be UAP whistleblowers offered dire warning from U.S. Security Clearance Organization article from friend of the show, friend of the pod, Christopher Plain, the wonderful Chris Plain over at the debrief. Um, You've went through this, Dan. I haven't had the chance to read this yet. What are we looking
0: at in this article? Because it seems pretty relevant to what we're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's basically a security clearance organization kind of going through, so you've got secrets to share. Let's see how that kind of shakes out. Uh, one of the things they specify in this is that even though you may think that something is in the public interest to be disclosed, that there is actually no provision in whistleblower law currently to say, oh, this was for the public good, therefore we'll let you off sharing secrets. There they are still consequences. Um, and these consequences seem to ring throughout the article and and it kind of gets pretty passive aggressive, I guess I would phrase it as. Um, almost like a warning shot to anyone thinking about coming out. The last paragraph uh, for me kind of summed it up. Um, and see how you feel about that. I'll just read it out. Um, it says So, though your career is over and you're sitting in a jail cell, you were still ethically at least on solid footing. Strictly from a utilitarian perspective, your act did the maximum amount of good for the maximum amount of people. As a matter of deontology, you have you had a duty to do something so intrinsically good and right. And ultimately, good government should be as transparent as possible and accountable to its citizens. And you can reflect on all this as you decay in a federal penitentiary. Don't worry, though, you've got a heck of a book deal waiting for you on the other side. That's really belittling, right? Like, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, like that's really condescending and belittling and almost like, oh, you really want to go through with this and, and reveal this? Grush already said, you know, he was revealing this for the good of, of the public, um, whether it comes to energy or no one, we're not alone and how that can change the world. Um, so one of the things I'd actually add to this legislation that's going through right now um, is to, to create a public good aspect to whistleblower laws, that if they can justify that this is in the public interest and for the public good, in spite of the classifications, that they should retroactively just kind of be let off, you know? Um they, with this independent board in place, it would mean that they wouldn't necessarily have to share classified information with the public right away, too. They could share it through these channels. One of the things that's standing out for me with this independent board as well is that it's almost like what we wanted in place of Arrow. Mm-hmm. You know, like it seems to replicate a lot of the work, and the DOD is kind of saying, this is our version of that. Um, so I wonder how long Arrow would last if this is approved. And it even it even does say in the legislation... Arrow, and then in brackets, or a successor organization, which you know, usually they put these things in because they kind of smell the winds changing. So yeah. I wonder if Arrow has been deemed to be unfit for purpose, and it's going to transform again. Um, we we know what companies are like when they constantly rebrand to kind of shift their image. Um, I, I think starting over with a completely independent review board would be the way to go.
1: I'm in the mood for jumping about a little bit here, and you mentioned sure. something <laughs> that uh, came up earlier on Twitter: uh, free energy you know, that disclosure leads to free energy for everyone. I don't totally get that argument. And I mentioned this to someone earlier on Twitter. I don't like to start arguments, but I'm happy with healthy debate and just curious on people's opinions to to try and sway or change mine. Tomorrow, and we might have discussed something similar like this before, Dan, but loads of new listeners and stuff, you know, so hi. Um, Tomorrow we get disclosure and the aliens come down and they go, oh, look, we've got these flying saucers and, you know, anti-graphic technology and all this kind of stuff and the, the government admits yeah we've known for a while why do people think within days and weeks we're going to have free energy everywhere for everyone because surely and maybe i'm thinking about this in a really layman layman's way that if government has the technology then you still have to roll that out and that is going to cost them money and time and need infrastructure. You know, for example, everyone's cars have to be replaced with this new engine type, whatever it
0: might be, or you know, fuel. That's really the best example. Because no, not everyone has electric cars now, right? Even though the technology exists. Yeah. Our cars just haven't transformed overnight. So
1: and so that's what I don't understand. Like you're still going to then surely have to to buy a vehicle and that vehicle will still come at a cost, so Tesla will then potentially use this new type of energy, let's go with it, and they might still be $100,000 for a car, or Audi will be £50,000 for a car, or you can still buy a banger off of Gumtree or Craigslist for £500, right? That's, that's all still an option, but they're not all going to be fitted with brand new free energy that everyone's going to be using, and I think we talked about this a long time ago, the same idea that overnight medicines will be revolutionised, and this is I, I just don't see that argument that they're holding back the free energy that'll still just be monetized in its own way
0: yeah and distributed I, I mean,
1: because it's going to cost money and time and infrastructure that's a whole new industry and and that's
0: how you know we talk about the the whole that the oil market or the oil industry has the petroleum industry stuff like that has on the world's markets you know that's a huge industry and people are like that goes away overnight it doesn't really we're going to Spend a bit of time transitioning between the two. And if someone has this free energy technology, they will monetize it, it will be patented, people will have to buy it, you know, so on and so forth. I, I think the overnight change kind of idea comes from this technology being kind of suspiciously simple, that we miss something fundamentally in physics that gives us this free energy where you or I in an evening, kind of like we could do with Chat GPT, you know, like a year ago it took $10 million to make it. But now mm-hmm. you or I could download something on Google and make it in our garage in a half hour. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's that kind of idea, that it's more accessible than we think it is. That's where okay. that kind of notion comes from. Okay, so similar
1: though to the tobacco industry being multi, multi, multi billion pound industry worldwide and vapes came in and massively reduced tobacco sales worldwide. But the tobacco companies just adopted vapes as okay this is now a a revenue source for us vapes are pretty simple but you still go out and buy it because someone else can make it and i'm sure dan you could make your own rough version of a vape you know with the right technology or someone could make it out of their garage but they don't you still go to a reputable supplier for them as well Um, yeah and And we have safety standards and things like that around these technologies right kind of and that's my (laughs) point that you now see pieces coming out that and sorry to the vapors here, I'm not a dirty smoker or vapor anyway, but uh, that there are now studies that show damage to your lungs, but everything's sure. bad for you basically nowadays, isn't it? Like, God, using a pen's bad for you. Um, so what's to say this free energy doesn't come out and it's, oh yeah, but will cause you cancer. Like the pilots who got too close to these UAP. So we can give you the free energy, but it's pretty bad for us long-term. We don't know that.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it might have to be locked down in the substation somewhere that no one gets near to while we all access it through wires or, or whatnot. Um, yeah. yeah, you're right. You, you know, it makes me think of when basically when cars first came in, they were like, oh, yes, it solved the problem of, you, you know, kind of methane from horse crap and crap being all over the streets and horses being smelly. Obviously, cars brought their own problems that we didn't know about back then. It took mm-hmm. us a while to find out. This is going to be the same thing. You know, we, we will find it has problems. If you want to go extreme, you know, we think of uh, you, you know, there's an idea that these things are interdimensional. They come from another dimension, mm-hmm. and we say, oh yeah, it's free energy. It comes from you know the vacuum of space. It could be drawing from another dimension and damaging another environment entirely. Yeah. We just don't know. That's the Rick- thing. Rick and like, Morty style. Yeah, exactly, and and you know we, we always say there's no such thing as a free lunch, um. So I think we have to keep that in mind. This isn't this isn't just a hail mary that's going to fix everything for humanity. Humanity has a lot of work to do to get to the point where it can, you know, accept that kind of technology and accept the responsibility. And right now, we, you know, based on some things, I'd say we don't even have the tolerance for another species, let alone a new technology like that. No,
1: Look at Glasgow, where you you have the best of both worlds, where you have the methane from horse crap still lying around on the street, but also the pollution (laughs) from the cars as well. So yeah, hi to all the listeners based in Glasgow and any number (laughs) of folks throughout the world going, that is also my city as well. So yeah, it's just fascinating stuff. And I think it just begs that idea that we still humanize a lot of this and when quote-unquote the aliens come it's going to solve all these problems might give us a whole load of new problems we just haven't thought of yet but it will right
0: it just will give us a whole load of new problems that we haven't thought of yet this is how we go and we'll solve those too and then we'll find a solution and we'll have a whole bunch of new problems with that i don't think that's pessimistic i think that's realistic um and you, you know this this stuff one of the benefits of uap transparency would be the technology behind them, but it's not the be all and end all. You know, it's going to have this deep, lasting, profound effect on the human species and what we think of ourselves. Yep. it's not just about whether I have to charge my iPhone. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, on this, Dan, as we start to wrap up, right? Uh, uh, when we get these big news cycles, wonderful for folks like us to talk about things. Not that I'm ever short of ideas, but it's it's just something that has to be talked about. Um, other news outlets, little and large, pick up on the story and start to run with it, and it gets eyes and ears and all that good stuff on the, the UAP UFO story. A website, UAPmax.com, picked up a story, and I'll just read the headline to you, Dan. Uh, Aliens are here. Biden met them. They are not friendly. So this piece uh, was... I hadn't heard of UAP Max as a website, and the editor... Sounds
0: reputable. <laughs> hmm,
1: the editor-in-chief or editor chief, it says here, uh, has um, written an article which starts off, and I'm just going to very quickly skim bits of this. Two days ago, my world changed. It all happened on Twitter, red flag straight away. Um, I've been researching (laughs) the UFO story for 30 years, which is a hell of a long time, all along the way believing we are being visited um, essentially, in this, and I'm going to bastardise this, but I think it's a fair way to do it. The past several months has brought the brought the article writer closer to their convictions. Um, they talk about Lou Elizondo and basically said a few days ago, someone direct messaged them on Twitter saying they wanted to talk. Read some of the articles and liked the like their verve. Their words, not mine. For for any Alan Partridge fans, the whole not my words, the words of Shaking Stevens comes to mind. That'll go down well with a very, very small number of listeners. Um, So with a grain of salt, we talked and then we talked and talked. Three hours later, my world had been shattered. Um, Devastated this person never came forward to me. Um, So essentially, they are here. They have, at a minimum, three operating bases, Earth-side and possibly one or more moon-side, and within our solar system, way, way beyond. No idea how many, et cetera, et cetera. This story gets all kinds of scientific and sci-fi all over the place here. Let me just touch on a few things here, Dan. Um, do, 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 do. Well, I contacted you because I decided I am tired, very tired. I've held this secret for the public for a long time. I could simply drop all this at that time, but I've got a strong feeling. Let me just break away from it, Dan. They've gone to, like, I don't see why a whistleblower would come to me to break up. David Grush wasn't going to contact me and say, Andy, I want to speak to you first, okay? Sure. He quite rightly went with, you know, Ross Coulthard and they would go to like a Corbell and Nap, all that kind of stuff, right? But anyway, this person has went to this small site to to break this incredible story basically confirming that there is direct evidence and it's going to be confirmed of extraterrestrial entities on earth as well as galactically i hate that phrase these days there are many civilizations out there there are two currently on earth Humans and Ganzi, Ganzi, G-A-N-Z-I, are from another part of our galaxy. Directionally speaking, they are within forty light years. As the rocket flies, they travel not through conventional space-time, but through fabric ripples created by opening an alternative method of travel. They refer to as miasma. I'm going to just stop there, Dan. Right? So, I mean, that's a
0: real word. Mm, that's a lot to of say, that word. it brings credence. I just mean like they're presenting something as exotic that's a perfectly normal word to use (laughs) yeah and this isn't a dig at the article writer.
1: okay they're just passing on a story from a source but you know that idea that if a thousand monkeys had a thousand typewriters eventually they would write the greatest story ever told This sounds like a version of one
0: of those stories that was typed up Um, do you think people are using chat gpt to because this isn't the only one right of these ah, kind of maybe yeah i wonder if people are just saying like chucking a few facts into it and saying hey spit this back to me as if a biologist wrote it
1: yeah i don't want to give this too much of your time because it is just like pure sci-fi and i will put the link in the description it was being talked about on the discord channel and i just and it was being taken with a pinch of salt it should um but there's also the fact that apparently biden's been read into the whole ufo thing and he's going to talk about this on the 26th of july so at least this article has a timestamp stamp on it for when it's going to be out of date um and also that he was shown a video of f fifteen fighter jets being disintegrated by particle beams turned it to ash, no debris, Thanos
0: particle beams, still. so they know they're particle beams, interesting, yeah, yeah, <laughs> as opposed to just beams of something. Don't be condescending, Dan, you don't know, <laughs> um, but yeah, hey, uh, okay, Biden has two alien children, and they're both from theses ridiculous <laughs> yes,
1: but yeah, so wow, and I just think it goes to show Dan that stuff is going to come up as the story heats up social media is going to go a bit wild for the next kind of week week and a half couple of weeks um lots to talk about lots to speculate i would just like to advise folks to kind of be be cautious and just try and have a reasoned conversation as you go along there um there's there's a lot of interesting do yeah i think like they're great in there oh most of them no that's not a dig Uh, (laughs) Um, except except me (laughs) yeah absolutely but but you know what there's uh, this stuff is Inherently fun, though, and interesting to discuss. And this is why we like the many of us like the UFO subject. I know we do because we can talk about this stuff and go, ah, yeah, not for me, or oh, this is quite interesting, or what if, but probably not. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Time, Dan. Anything you want to kind of finish off with thought wise?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think you're exactly right to bring that up. Uh, It's Worth keeping our wits about us over these next few weeks and months as this legislation passes. Just to chuck a couple of things from the legislation in there that we didn't get to. Sure, uh, just sorry. The, the six observables I've mentioned, detailed in a list, um, you, you know that's cool to see come through. It differentiates between prosaic and non-prosaic handling again. Now, this was removed from the legislation last year, so I'm happy to see it back this year. Basically, if anything's thought to be normal, it's nothing to do with this review board anymore. Um, This is good. It lets them focus on, on, you know, the anomalous stuff. Uh, More whistleblowers are supposedly coming forward. Uh, We've heard that before, but just want to reemphasize it it came up again. This legislation would also and this is like a little bit anecdoty, but this legislation would also make it illegal to destroy any records to do or or mutilate or alter any records to do with UAP. Um, Now, that's an interesting one, because recently I I got to visit uh, David Mahler's archive uh which is the uh National UFO Historical Record Center near to Albuquerque. Um it's amazing and he's basically gathering all of these original files and audio recordings and maps and photographs and things from cases that have all been spread out over the years by people who have been less than discerning with security. While I was there, he showed me a bunch of like they they were, you know, little celluloid strips with really old kind of records on them. And he told me the origin story of them. And the origin story was that someone was in you know the, the chief's office, they saw these things on the side, just brought them up in casual conversation. And the head basically said, Oh yeah, we don't need them anymore. They didn't prove anything. So we were throwing them out. If you want them, you can have them. So I wonder how many records have been lost to things like that, that are completely non malicious and innocent, you know, and just yeah. kind of misplaced, but it, it speaks to the importance of doing this work and doing the work that David is doing. Um, at some point in the legislation when they're talking about the nine citizens that would sit on the UAP Records Review Board, they specify who can make recommendations for people to sit in those positions. And one of the the organizations mentioned is the UAP Disclosure Foundation. There are exactly two Google results for this phrase. One Mm. is the legislation itself, the other one is the Reddit thread discussing the legislation. And now there'll be three this episode, probably, and, and the timestamp. Um, but I'm really curious what that is. If it's, you know, maybe what Gary Nolan or Danny Sheehan has been talking about. Um, curious. Hopefully, some subject matter experts, though. Um, all the review board members get the clearances needed to do their jobs in an accelerated manner. So we don't have any issues around not having the right tickets. Um, they can subpoena uh, witnesses via attorney general, they can hold hearings subpoena. with keynotes subpoena 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 i don't don't pronounce the b B. okay spanish right subpoena see um and uh this one, one of the little things that jumped out at me is currently the legislation says the arrow is running till about 26 2026 2027 and then congress can extend it if they want here the review board is given authority to go at least until september 30th 2030 that can be extended by congress but we just Got ourselves another three years of UAP study there uh, with an independent review board. Oh, or,
1: or that's a twenty-four hour clock, and they mean half
0: past eight. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's no like colon, but you know. Is, video, right? is Arrow not redundant now, Dan? What
1: part in all of this is that's happening now has Arrow had to do with
0: anything? Yeah, there's there's one line in this whole thing that kind of says, yeah, they have to report to Arrow what they find. But ultimately, Arrow is kind of redundant now, right? If this goes ahead, like, why do we need it? We, the independent organization is a much better place for this to go. It seems um, to me this
1: is like the company who make the boxes for Domino's Pizza taking massive credit for their success <laughs> by going, do you know what, look at our boxes. They are like, they are like the top shit, you know, like, wow. <laughs> and the guy who made the pizza is going, wait a minute, it's my pizzas people are eating. I can get boxes off anyone. You just give yeah, them the yeah. box. You don't even pay no, no, them. No.
0: Your, your pizza wouldn't even get there without a box. So yeah. all credit to the boxes, right? All about the box. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you're spot on to mention that. I, I completely agree. I, I think Arrow is in danger of going away. I don't think they've got the reach that they need or they're being controlled. Or, like I said before, Kirkpatrick, through a friend of a friend, um, you, you know, I was told that Kirkpatrick loves chess, but he was recognizing the game is rigged. Um, and so maybe once out. Uh, the review board would also produce reports yearly um so it would be one year after enactment, enactment and one each year after that they would have finances progress to get an info into the national archives where the public can review it online or in person um the number and stats of cases special problems which are basically about people withholding information so if the air force aren't playing ball they'll be specified here um but also uh, a review of activities including postponements and suggestions for additional legislations and needs That is the Arrow reports that we've had, right? Like, that's very similar. So like you say, kind of redundant. Like, I I don't see the need for Arrow. This has also been given uh, in this legislation, 20 million funding for 2024. And Biden can add to that if he wants to. Um, But ultimately, I think it just sounds like the USA have realized what they're missing and they want their cool toys back. 100%. Dan, um,
1: before we finish up, I want to finish with a question uh, and you can obviously answer or have a guess at it, but
0: any more to add? Um, I Just to say, get in touch with your representatives. Let them know that you support this. Uh, there's a really cool website. You, you can go to congress.gov and you can find your reps and email them. But there's also a website called resist.bot and you can literally send a WhatsApp message or a text message just to say, I support the UAP legislation, and that will get formatted correctly and put through. It's a really cool bot. Couldn't be easier. So resist.bot, go there, and support this legislation. That's tragic and just
1: further emphasizes what I'm about to ask you. Um, (laughs) A really cool bot. bot. Um, Wow. So, Dan, how do you keep UFO geeks like us interested in the UFO topic? Wait,
0: is this a joke or just a question? it's a question uh i well it feels like that you have an answer already so i'm gonna say I, i don't know
1: and see what you say the answer is definitely coming on next week's show Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFOUAPAM. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see.
0: Not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer. A little baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of. Flint. The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shut out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a horse. <laughs> Meditated game state fateful on meta. I can't imagine how it could have been any better. I the top of the stairs and there he was like you awake I was about to abduct you cause I jumped back and nearly kissed myself and I climbed out the window after the elf. and I walked up in my bed and there was something on my head and everything was weird and everything was red and I they thought my boys, they thought this was noise, they thought it was a dream, they thought it was my toys, they thought it was my problems, and they think I should think therapy and I don't know what it is because it doesn't really scare me.